Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller. So glad you're with us today. We've got some interesting information, I think, some important information. Some information that uh, if you don't follow the rules correctly with IRAs and uh, contributions and distributions and the like, uh, many of those are irrevocable. Most of those are irrevocable, which means you can't change your mind and come back to it. So we want to make sure you do the right thing the first time. And even when thinking about inheriting an IRA, some people do the wrong thing when they inherit that IRA and then they can't change it. And then it's, it's too late to do anything about it. It's one of the back to one of those. You don't know what you don't know. And of course, I don't know what I don't know either. Nobody does. Um, but that's why you keep learning, you keep striving, you keep reading, you keep researching, and you work with a network of professionals like we have at our, our, the office here in Greenville and, and firm wide uh, that we can rely on if we need to get additional information. And, and I think it's also important, I'm looking at some notes that I put together back on August of 2015. These are some notes I made for a talking money program that I did back then. Talking about IRAs, I was pulling out some and curious what some of the changes that had been made since 2015. And I had a note at the top of this one page of my bullet points that talked about a client that had passed away recently. And I think it was a good reminder for me to pass on to you. He was young. He was in his mid-50s, and this was in the newspaper, so I'm not give, giving away any details that weren't already public knowledge. It wasn't public knowledge that he was a client of ours, but he had, he was a regular radio listener, and he even called in several times. And he had come in about two months before he had um, passed away, and, and the main reason that he came in, he wanted someone someone to be in place to handle investments, financial planning decisions, those kind of things for his spouse in case something happened to him. Now, the odds of something happening to him in just a few months later was was very, very low. This guy was in great physical condition. There was no signs that there were any uh, indications that he would have uh, any kind of physical problem, uh, especially heart attack. But he pulled out of his driveway and, and, and apparently just kept on pulling and went across the street and pulling out and uh, went into a ravine. And so didn't even find him until later that day. Um, but his wife now is a huge advocate for, well, at the time it was planned first, now Ronald Blue Trust, for having someone in place, someone that you can rely on. And yeah, you may have to pay a fee for the years that you maybe could do this by yourself. Uh, but my guess is there's probably some things that you don't know that uh, once you started doing a, a real financial plan, working with a financial planner that was experienced and knew how to ask the right questions, how to make sure that you ask the right questions because like i say if you don't know you don't even know what questions to ask and that's a question i like to ask when i'm interviewing someone about a service they're going to provide for me a, a worker or someone i'll just say hey what kind of questions should i be asking you is there something i missed what kind of questions do you get what do you think is really one of the best questions that you ever got and answer that question for me so that um 
I make sure I'm covering my bases. Um, but what we do here on Talking Money is try to give you the information so that you have more knowledge about different types of subjects. And of course, you can always go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and look and click on the Listen Now. And that doesn't mean you just listen now. You can uh, go to the archives and find different um, programs that we've recorded on different topics and this one will be uh, posted on there as well this coming week and we've had other discussions on IRAs uh, which we've covered you can go back and you can just do a search for IRAs and the different programs where we discussed IRAs will pop up because we've tagged them so that they will pop up when you type a certain search word estate planning taxes investments whatever it is it'll come up and show you the different uh, shows that and programs that we've done covering that but today I've had several questions and I got one a week or so ago from Mari that was talking about um, taking money out. He was over seven and a half and he wanted to make a an IRA, a Roth IRA contribution, but there were some discrepancies from a friend of his and what the requirements would be, how long he had to leave it in there. So we're going to talk about the rules for taking distributions, how long you have to leave a Roth IRA in there. But before we get that far, I want to speak on just the different to, to make sure we're on the same page refresh everybody's memories on what different types of IRA accounts there are out there and what the contribution limits are for them because it's it, it changes frequently and people are really confused about that. So you have the basic types of IRAs. The one most people are familiar with would be the traditional deductible IRA. So right now the rules are in 2022 as a someone uh, who is younger than 50, you can put $6,000 per person. So you and your spouse can both put $6,000 in. As long as you had at least that much earned income for the year, you can put that in there. If a spouse is not working, then you can put $6,000 in for that spouse as well, as long as the total family income is at least $12,000. has to be at least enough total income so that you're not going negative for the IRA contribution. If you're 50 or older, the IRS allows you, the government allows you, the IRS enforces the regulations. They give you another $1,000 catch-up. So you can actually do $7,000 per person above age if 50 or above, above age 49 or 50 and above. And, and I think one of the biggest misses I think people see is that if you are not, and here's the big question, are you a participant in a qualified retirement plan? So a defined benefit plan, which are very rare these days, or a 401k plan, some kind of other defined contribution plan. Are you in that pension plan? Are you covered under that at work for any part of the year? If you're covered under that, then you've got certain limitations. You can still, if you're not covered under it, there are no limitations. Somebody can make $5 million a year. You can still put that $6,000 or $7,000 a year for both you and your spouse into an IRA because there are no limitations when you don't when you're not covered by a retirement plan where it gets sticky is when at least one person one of the spouses is covered under a qualified retirement plan then the rules change you still may be able to make a deductible contribution but it may be phased out if your income is too high so right now in 2022 if you're married filing jointly you can still do a retirement uh, an IRA deductible contribution starts being phased out $109,000 of adjusted gross income. So $109,000, $129,000. That's not taxable income. This is adjusted gross income. And then by the time $129,000 gets around for a married filing jointly, then there is no deductible 
contribution. Between 109 and 129, it's phased in a little bit at a time, phased out a little bit at a time. Single person, it's 68 to 78. The phase out is 68,000 to 78,000. Now, if one spouse is covered, but the other spouse is not, then the limitations go up. Remember, there's no limitations if neither one of you are covered under a retirement plan. But if one of you is and one of you is not, then that phase out doesn't start till 204,000. This is, of course, married filing jointly. 204,000 to 214,000 is when it's phased out in that range. But before 204,000, you can both make, you can, you can make a, the, the, the spouse who's not covered under the plan can make a, five, a six or 7,000, depending on the age, a contribution to an IRA. The spouse who is covered under the plan uh, could not make that contribution unless it's by the other limitations, the 109 to 129,000. But if one spouse is not, it gets bumped up to 204 to 214,000. And so, and that that's the d- traditional deductible IRA. So we get back for the break. We're going to talk about the non-deductible traditional IRA, and then we're going to get into Roths, and we're going to start talking more about why you would do a Roth um, contribution to begin with. And then we want to talk about the rules as they uh, pertain to Roths, especially on the distributions. And we'll try to get to all that today. I have a feeling this is going to be a two-week session because there's a lot in IRAs. We want to make sure we cover as much as we can for qualified charitable distributions and taking money out as an inherited IRA, whether it's before the owner started taking required minimum distributions or after the owner started taking required minimum distributions, there's different rules there. We want to make sure you understand all of those rules. We'll be right back. Most of you have heard the saying, it's not what you earn, but what you keep. With all of the tax laws and legislative changes, how do you successfully navigate the complex, always changing and mostly confusing tax system? More importantly, how do you best take advantage of these changing laws in order to improve your financial stewardship and accomplish your goals? Unlike tax preparation, tax planning is a year-round process and should be an important part of your financial plan. It's wise to consider tax reduction efforts in light of your overall goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, our tax planning process includes things like short and long-term tax projections, understanding tax consequences of financial and life decisions, Estimating marginal and effective tax rates to, among other things, avoid that dreaded tax bracket creep. Coordinate with your tax preparer and looking for tax savings opportunities through income shifting, deferring income, deduction planning, and other timing strategies. For more information about our Greenville team and the credentials and experience of each of them, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Sherry White. Jeremy Weaver, Scott Clark, and Eddie Holland are the team leaders with a supporting team of certified financial planner professionals working right alongside of them. Feel free to contact any of them directly or give me a call at 1-800-588-7526 and I'll be happy to discuss your situation with you. The phone number again is 1-800-588-7526 or go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Let's return now to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money, talking about IRAs today. So it's one of those things that virtually everybody has, and you need to understand the rules so that you do the right things at the right time with the right people and uh, make sure you avoid those uh, nasty tax penalties that would happen if you don't do the right thing because they can be 
pretty severe, about 50% if you don't do the right kinds of things. But if you've got a question for me, send a question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com or you can just go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and click on Ask Mike a Question. You can send your question in there. I had several questions this last week. Um, they were more personal, very targeted questions, so they weren't necessarily of interest to the general audience. But we were able to get those questions answered. Love to answer questions. So uh, if you want a, an objective answer to whatever question you have, uh, now's the time to get it to us or, or simply send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So before the break, we were talking about the traditional deductible IRA and some of the contribution uh, uh, limitations. When you can make a contribution, when you can't make a contribution, it's very important. Uh, listen to that again if you didn't catch it when we post this next week on Talking Money Radio. The non-deductible IRA is pretty much for anyone that wants to. We, we rarely, rarely recommend that. And I'll give you one reason that we do in a few minutes. But the non-deductible IRA simply means you make an IRA contribution. You don't have to worry about your income limitations, whether or not you're a participant in a pension plan, anything like that, because you don't get a tax deduction for it. So you'll make that contribution, same limits, the $6,000 or $7,000 limit, depending on your age. You'll make that contribution, but you won't take a tax deduction for it. So it won't show up on your tax return. But when you, uh, as it grows, the earnings will grow tax-deferred like the IRA did. So you'll have in that inside that IRA, and this is what makes it really sticky and makes it logistically more difficult from, a, from an administrative standpoint, you'll have the uh, deductible, non-deductible part, which you made because you made your contribution and did not take a tax deduction for it. And then you've got all the growth in it, which you still owe taxes on. Well, they won't let you just take out the one versus the other, like the Wood or Roth IRA, where you can take your original contribution out with no penalties, even if you don't meet the five-year rule. We'll talk about that later. You don't you don't have that, so you you have to take out pro rata. So let's say you've got um, fifty thousand dollars of contribution you made over the years. So you made ten years worth of five thousand dollar contributions. You've got fifty thousand dollars in of money that you already paid taxes on. You've got another fifty thousand dollars of gain just to make it easier for my math at this at this time of day on a Saturday morning. So you got 50-50. So when you take money out of that IRA later, so you take out $10,000, 5,000 of it will be a return of the original contribution that you made that was not, not deductible, so you don't have to pay taxes on it. The other 5,000 you'll have to pay taxes on because that earnings. So you can't just say, well, I want to take 10,000 of my original contribution out. They won't let you do that. It's this cream of the coffee situation. You got to take, it's all mixed in together. You can't tell. So you got to take some of each when it's time to take money out. And that's why we say it's just logistically hard to, to keep up with that because you've got to keep the tax returns from the first year you made that non-deductible uh, traditional IRA contribution to prove that you did not take a tax deduction for it. I can't remember the form now, but there's a form that you fill out every year when you do that. And so that you can uh, prove to the IRS, that this is, this is deductible. This is not deductible much better to go ahead and make a Roth IRA contribution. If you qualify and I reviewed the, the phase out rules for contributions, uh, earlier or it, or you, um, you, convert it from a traditional IRA to a Roth. Either way, you've got full non-deduct, non-taxable distributions in there because in the Roth IRA, you didn't take a, a uh, you didn't get a tax 
deduction for it, but all the future earnings are tax-free, not tax-deferred. So non-deductible traditional, the earnings like an IRA are tax-deferred. Eventually, you're going to have to pay the taxes on those earnings. But if it's in a Roth, then you don't have to pay taxes on the earnings because it's a, a Roth IRA. So if, is, if at all possible, then you want to try to make a Roth IRA contribution, not a non-deductible traditional IRA contribution. And then trying to decide whether to make a deductible IRA contribution or a Roth IRA contribution, if you're eligible for both, is uh, a different question, a different decision. We'll talk about that. One thing I want to mention is this backdoor Roth IRA, which has now been officially uh, legalized. They're not going to throw you in jail if you do this. For, for a number of years, we were concerned what the IRS might think if you use that little loophole to get. So if you are in a retirement plan so you cannot make and your income so high where you cannot make a Roth IRA contribution or you can't make a deductible IRA contribution you can make still make a non-deductible IRA contribution so we've done this for a number of clients where you put the money in as a non-deductible IRA contribution as soon as the account gets set up you then simply do a rollover conversion from the non-deductible IRA to the Roth IRA. Now, you've got to be real careful about that. We had one situation where this has been a few years ago where we had a client that had done that at like middle of the year. Uh, and then by the end of the year, we, we, we were able to catch it in time. Uh, end of the year, he, he was doing a, he was retiring and taking his 401k out and putting it into an IRA, which happens all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what you do. You, you retire, take the money or you do an in-service rollover you take it out and you put it into an, an IRA well the problem is when you do a backdoor Roth conversion it's got to be with all of your IRA money so it doesn't really work when you've got IRA money already set aside so you if you've you let's say you made deductible IRA contributions for a number of years then you became uh, a um a participant in a retirement plan. So you stop making the IRA contributions and then you start making 401 contributions. Well, those IRA contributions, if you try to do a non-deductible traditional IRA contribution and then turn around and try to take just that portion to move it into a Roth IRA, it doesn't work because you've got to look at all your IRAs at that point in time. And that, and we've seen that missed a number of times. We've seen advisors who have missed that a number of times. And so you got to be really careful uh, that that you don't get caught up in that and end up uh, afoul of the IRS regulations for making those uh, that uh, that uh, backdoor conversion. Well, this the one client we're talking about that retired later. Well, he'd done the non-deductible Roth conversion early in the year. So, wow, now he did this IRA. Well, it, in the same calendar year, you had to count all those IRAs. So we had to do some some uh, quick planning to make sure that we didn't that he didn't run afoul, they didn't run afoul of the IRS regulations. So you want to make sure that you do it properly, but it's a great technique to use uh, if you fall into the right circumstances. So really, if you don't have any other IRAs, you've got non-deductible IRA contributions, maybe or no IRA contributions, and then you don't qualify to make a new deductible IRA contribution or Roth because your income's too high. You then take the make a non-deductible traditional IRA contribution and then almost immediately transfer that over to Roth. And then all the future 
contribute all the future earnings on that are going to be tax free now whereas if you left it in the non-deductible traditional ira the earnings would still be taxable later when you pulled the money out so much better deal to have it uh, it doesn't cost you anything really but you might have a little bit of gain in that account uh, depending on what you put it in but if you just make the contribution with a money market account it's whether it's not paying much and then turn around you know you might have a few dollars in there that's okay that's that's taxable when i make that uh, conversion because when you do a conversion from a a, an IRA traditional IRA to a Roth then any taxable portion is included in your taxable income that year no penalty but you do have to to pay include the the uh, gains whatever the gain was in this case because it was a non-deductible traditional the only gain is what it made from the time you made that particular contribution so it can get um, a little sticky um, so, all right, so that's the phase out rules and how that works. So what, um, what reasons would you have? Why would you do so you, uh, a Roth contribution versus a traditional uh, IRA and make your deductible contribution for that? Why would you do one versus the other? And the same rules kind of apply if you're with a company who has a 401k Roth versus a 401 traditional where the traditional 401k is going to be all excluded from your income that year. The Roth is not going to be. You're still going to include that income on your W-2, but it's going to be in a Roth. So all future earnings in that account will become will be tax-free when you take it out. So there are reasons to do one versus the other, and we want to go over all those. But, of course, we're about out of time for the first half of this of Talking Money. And we'll continue our conversation about uh, to Roth or not to Roth when we get back uh, from this break. We'll be right back. Virtually every financial services firm talks about financial and investment planning based on your goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, we can help you define your goals. And we'll do that from your personal cash flow to your income tax, to your state and investments to help ensure that your decisions really do reflect your values. We incorporate biblical principles into our comprehensive financial planning approach. Our goal is to help you clarify your decision-making and focus on leaving a legacy of financial, social, and spiritual capital. And whether we realize it or not, the decisions we make in life reflect our values and our priorities. Decisions we make today can have lifetime implications. There are rarely independent decisions. A comprehensive financial plan includes things like planning for short-term cash needs, long-term retirement, proactively minimizing debt, continually evaluating the tax consequences of your decisions, funding your child's or grandchild's education, and determining your insurance needs. No financial plan, however, is worth doing unless you actually implement your plan. Our process takes you directly from goal setting to the implementation. I think, we think, there's a good chance your financial stress level will improve when you understand how all of the components of your financial life integrate with each other and how to adjust over time. So we can guide you through a detailed plan towards sound financial decisions, wise stewardship, and a roadmap to your desired destination, a life well spent. For more information, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville or call 1-800-588-7526. Once again, that number is 1-800-588-7526. Now back to more of Talking Money. 
Welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller. It's about uh, we're coming up on uh, about 24 before the hour. And so glad you're with us. We're talking about IRAs today. We can get kind of complicated. We've been talking about traditional IRAs, not, uh, traditional deductible IRAs. And we've also been talking about non-deductible traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. So the big difference when you're making the contribution is, of course, the traditional IRA, you can take a tax deduction. So your taxable income is reduced by the amount that you are contributing to the IRA. Uh, 6000 if you're below 50 or 50 or above or you can put an extra thousand so you can put up to six thousand you and your spouse I reviewed all those contribution limits uh, in the first half of talking money so you can go back and listen to that if you just tuned in we already covered those kind of things so the first question is should i make a traditional deductible roth uh, deductible ira contribution or should I just go ahead and make a Roth IRA contribution? There's a lot of studies out there and there's a lot of material. You can Google this and you can get all kind of information about it. Uh, but there are basically three main key points that I think uh, you should consider. And one of the biggest ones, of course, is your tax bracket. So your, your, um, your tax bracket now versus what it might be when you retire. And, of course, who knows what that's going to be? If you're about ready to retire, you have a better idea. But even then, you don't really know what it's going to be. But most people are in the 12% bracket, which means your taxable income for 2022 is no higher than $83,550. That's the limit for married filing jointly for federal taxes to, to stay in the 12% bracket. Now, that's taxable income. That's not total income. That's taxable income. So that's after your itemized deductions or after your IRA contribution or after your um, char uh, charitable contributions and uh, and your um, either standard deduction or itemized deductions, which are included. Charitable contributions are included in there, of course. So after that, all over, if you are less than that on taxable income, then you're in the 12% bracket. Well, maybe you're just over that 12% bracket, but then when you retire then your income is going to be lower because you're not working anymore and you're just going to be pulling off maybe a retirement plan or just taking money out of your 401k, which was traditional, so it's taxable. Maybe a portion of your Social Security is going to be taxable from a federal level. And so you need to understand what that number is versus what it's going to be in the future. Mathematically, if your tax bracket's the same now as it is when you take the money out, it makes no difference. But it's rare that all those items are going to be the exactly the same. So you, you want to make sure that you, based on the best knowledge you have now, what is my tax bracket going to be now versus what it is in the future? If, if you're fairly confident it might be lower in the future, then please don't do a Roth IRA contribution. Do a deductible uh, traditional IRA contribution because you're going to pull it out, let's say, 22%. You're going to put it in and save 22%. You're going to take it back out when you're only paying 12%. So you're going to save 10% in taxes just by, by how you make the contribution, what your tax bracket is then versus now. And a lot of you will change and go from that middle tax bracket down to that lower tax bracket just because of how much of your income is taxable and your Social Security is not necessarily fully taxable. It can be. It just depends on how much it is versus your other income and so forth. We've talked about that on, on other days. But trying to understand, don't just automatically assume Roth is better because it's going to be tax-free when it comes out. Well, it might be because it depends on what your tax bracket's going to be. But if people looked at this 20 years ago and were asking that same question, they would have made a mistake because tax rates are lower now than they were then. 
So don't just assume that it's always going to be that way because you really don't know for your particular situation what it might be. They may raise taxes on the higher income, but not on the people who are in the typically 12% or maybe even 22% bracket. All right, so we got two other things to consider uh, when thinking about to do a Roth or not to do a Roth. We've got Wayne here calling us from Greenwood. Let's uh, welcome Wayne to the microphone and get your question or comment. Good morning, Wayne. Welcome yeah, to Talking well, Money. Good morning. And a lot of people aren't going into a lower tax bracket when they have to start withdrawing these IRAs, and they get a rude surprise. So, of course, the only option is the once they're 70 and a half, the direct donation to a church or charitable organization. But uh, I did want to ad address your comment about non-deductible IRAs. Yeah. And also I'll make an off-the-side comment that I'm still waiting to hear about you playing hooky from church. But that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> uh, I didn't play hooky, Wayne. <laughs> Unless you call watching virtually playing hooky. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, we're just going to say. Uh, uh, but anyway, the regular deductible IRA and non-deductible IRAs preceded the Roth. As yes. I remember, the Roth came into play under President Clinton. So at that point, there was no longer a reason to contribute to a non-deductible IRA that I could see. But I just want to remind your listeners, if you have one, a non-deductible IRA, the paperwork is an absolute nightmare yeah. and goes with you as long as you have the IRA, which is usually till death. And that uh, basis is computed on a form 8606. And it is something you absolutely want to avoid at all costs. Yes, yeah, uh, it is a, a nightmare, a logistical nightmare, as I mentioned when we were talking about it. That's why we don't recommend it. Um, but the only time we recommend it really is when you, you don't qualify for the Roth or deductible IRA contribution and you uh, and, and want to make it into the back door and get right in, yeah. get right into the Roth. Well, the big reason you don't want to be involved in it is because of the paperwork nightmare. Right, right. Additionally, my employer uses Drake Software, and Drake Software is incapable of doing an IRA with a basis and a charitable donation. And after spending an hour on the telephone with a technician the first time, I encountered the situation. She finally admitted it couldn't do it. And I ended up having to do the client a paper tax return and be mailed in. I can't believe Drake Software would not do that, huh? Wow. They've all got their downsides. Now, yeah. tax-wise, cannot do the $3,000 pension exclusion on South Carolina for people under 65. It also can't do the lower tax rate for self-employed people which Drake can do at the snap of a finger. You don't have to remember anything, but at least with tax-wise, if you remember to do it, you can file it electronically. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's nice to have somebody else uh, working on the return many times, somebody like yourself who can, uh, who can understand when it's not picking it up because I know a lot of people will try to do certain returns by themselves and, and they can't figure out why – TurboTax is not doing this or not doing that. We understand the rules. We think this is how it's supposed to happen, but then it doesn't look like that's what's happening in the tax software. So it's it's nice to have a basic understanding or even more than a basic understanding of tax laws so you can figure that out. So that's why uh, that's why everybody in Greenwood goes to see Wayne, get their taxes done. 
<laughs> all right so thanks for the call wayne i appreciate yeah. i always appreciate your uh, your comments and your uh and and i'm going to get you off before you have a chance to pick on me anymore about saying i i uh, i skipped church <laughs> okay see you all right thanks wayne uh yeah so wayne and i had some uh, um text some some text um back and forth and i happened to reply to him on sunday morning and, and when normally I'd be in church and he'd say, okay, like Mike, okay, why are you not in church? And you responded to me during, during he had emailed, I texted me the, uh, the, or emailed me the day before texted me. And I, I replied and happened to be during church time, but it was like, okay, no, I, I was, we'd already watched church cause we're doing it virtually now for various reasons. Uh, like uh, a number of people still are doing, but we're about ready to get back in person, I think. But, uh, I was going to say, why wasn't he in church? Yeah. That would be the question. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, he got that later, so we, I'm, I'm sure he was. <laughs> so, okay. All anyway. right. We'll let him off. All right. Well, we uh, we got two more factors to consider when talking about to Roth or not to Roth, and uh, we, we're coming up against the uh, the last breaks. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is a Tennessee chartered public trust company. We can serve as trustee, backup trustee personal representative, or what we call PR these days, or the guardian or conservator of your estate. Now, it's very important that you appoint someone you trust who really knows you and your financial situation. I think it's important to have the confidence you need to feel comfortable knowing that your estate and trust plan is carried out to reflect your goals and objectives, and the plan reflects your values. Ronald Blue Trust solutions include assistance with managing trust assets, settling your estate, and even helping with a special needs beneficiary. Those of you listening who have been the beneficiary of a trust know how important it is to choose the right person or institution to help navigate the duties as administrator of the estate or trust. It's not unusual for someone to name family members or even close friends as trustee of their personal trust. You need to be as certain as you can be that this responsibility is not going to weigh too heavy on them or their family, especially at this already difficult time. If you are dealing with challenging family dynamics or complicated family structures, or perhaps your beneficiaries will need help managing their finances, and I don't mean just the investments, but overall cash flow, tax planning, and more, or if you have some very specific wishes that you want to be sure are carried out at your death, or maybe you have a current trustee relationship, but you're unhappy with the fees or the relationship, give me a call. It's worth at least a conversation. This is Mike Miller. Call me at 800-588-7526 or send an email to mike.miller at ronblue.com. That's 800-588-7526. I look forward to speaking with you. Now back to Talking Money. And we do have about 11 minutes left here in Talking Money. So glad you're with us. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. And as as that uh, little ad was saying, if you do have a question for me, if you think we may be able to be of help to you, we're always eager to speak with you. We don't uh, put any pressure on you. We just want to make sure that if we are a good fit for you, that uh, we're both really a good fit for each other. And so I, I welcome that conversation. You can send me the email at mike at talkingmoneyradio.com, same place that you could send a question if you have a question for me. Um, then, or you can always go to the uh, mike.miller at ronblue.com, which is my business, uh, or the call us. Uh, the toll-free number at the office, 800-588-PLAN or 588-7526. And we'd be happy to speak with you and see if it looks like something that we may be able to be of help to you. Uh, we do real financial planning. We do detailed, comprehensive financial planning. We also do asset management, We, uh, but we don't have to do both. We can do one or the other. Uh, it's up to you. And so it's, um, I mean, most 
clients do take advantage of both so we can keep everything coordinated it's it's i think less expensive more efficient for us to do the annual tax planning and so forth when we when we're looking at everything uh, but we've been talking about traditional iras versus roth iras and the deductible deductibility of the traditional deductible ira versus the non-deductibility of the roth but then tax-free accumulation and distribution versus the traditional ira which has uh, the uh, deferral of the tax but not elimination of the tax so one of the questions that you have to ask is what do you think your tax bracket is going to be now versus later and wayne brought up a good point not necessarily exactly when you retire but you also want to look at what it's going to be at age 72 when you have to start taking your required minimum distribution which is is that required minimum distribution going to put you in a higher tax bracket so it's a it's a long-term planning thing not just a the year i retire planning thing that helps determine which is going to be best for you i think in in general uh, before we run out of time but i don't have a, a chance to mention this is having a combination of them is really good from a tax planning standpoint uh, and of course more roth if you're going to be in a higher tax bracket and less roth if you're not um, but being able to decide and have your advisor decide your cpa your financial advisor if you're using one uh, and i'm not talking about insurance salesperson it's not going to help you with that uh, it, i'm talking about somebody who really does know the tax law uh, and can help you with these distributions having some of each can really help do your your keep you from getting into a tax bracket creep what i call tax bracket creep so if you're close to eighty-three thousand of taxable income in retirement you're married filing jointly and you need another you know another five thousand or ten thousand a year just for normal living expenses well being able to take it out of a regular brokerage account which has already been taxed you may have to pay some taxes if you sell something take some long-term capital gains um, or you take it from a roth so if you have that comp if you have that that flexibility of taking one or the other, then you take that extra money that you need above the 12% bracket and you take it from something that's not taxable like a Roth and then you still are staying in the 12% effective tax bracket or marginal tax bracket. The effective tax bracket is really a, a summary of everything that you're paying, combination of maybe an eight and a 12 and a 22, whatever it is. So, um, it's, it's nice to have some of each of those. So tax rates is important, and we know that there's you know there's the chance that the tax rates are going to be higher in the future. It doesn't seem like it's hardly possible that they're not going to be higher in the future, but we don't know what group they're going to be higher for. Uh, so it's often in that 12% bracket, the people are in that bracket, which are the middle income, maybe the middle to lower middle income uh, taxpayer, that the government is afraid to tax them higher because it's such a large percentage of the population that they may lose the vote. So they may keep that the same. So uh, looking at tax rates is not just which one's going to be higher or how much higher, but which ones are going to be higher. All right, so another important decision to, to think through is how much of the IRA, traditional or Roth, will you be needing to access when you retire so if you're relying more on a an ira so which means you're going to have to take more money out of an ira just to make ends meet just to, just to meet your normal standard of living then having more in the roth is going to help because that will keep you from there again getting above that eighty three thousand dollar uh, limit for married filing jointly so it also helps you the the more that you're taking out that's tax-free it also potentially helps you then with not having the the bracket creep from medicare premiums because the higher 
that, that your income is, the more potentially your Medicare premium is going to be, the more also that your uh, more Social Security that might be included in your taxable income. And that's where a Roth comes in handy. So the the software we have is going to look look at all that stuff to see because there's a lot of variables in there. You want to make sure you take into consideration all of them before you make that really important decision of whether or not to put it in a Roth and not a Roth. Uh, I did have one uh, radio listener. This has been quite a few years ago. He never became a client. Um, that he had like five million bucks that it was set aside and that he had in a traditional IRA that was now in a Roth IRA. He had converted it all. But he had no family and uh, no really anybody, not anybody really to leave it to. So he was going to leave it to his alma mater. I think he said he was going to leave it all to his alma mater, which then says, okay, well, then you didn't think through why you were converting this. His his thought was, I just want to get rid of the taxes when I take it out. So I'm just convert it all, bite the bullet, pay all the taxes, and then I'll take it out tax free. Well, he'll still be able to take it out tax-free, but when he's gone, all this money is going to go that he didn't touch is going to go to an entity that would not pay would ha- not have to pay taxes on it to begin with. So he could have given them probably another 25 30% higher because they wouldn't have paid taxes on that money, but he converted it all and paid the taxes himself. And when you convert it all at once, talk about tax bracket creep. I mean, that's going to put you in the highest tax brackets that year. So you don't want to do that. And we're going to talk a, a lot about Roth conversions, and we're not going to get to the rules today about taking out the money. It's It can be complicated. I've got some nice uh, charts and stuff that, that and guidelines that I will even can make available to you if you want them. But uh, I'll go through those next week. We're talking about what your um, – requirements are for how long you have to leave the money in how long before you avoid the penalty on the uh, earnings or the taxes on the earnings and so forth because you think okay well they're all tax-free right well no you have to follow the right guidelines and there's certain rules and limitations and special conditions and so forth and we'll talk about all those uh next week but the 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 things we're talking about now is why would you even do a roth even a conversion roth conversion um, so one reason would be if you were going to rely more on those Roth assets to support your regular cost of standard of living, then you want to make sure that you had more in a Roth because you knew you're going to take more out and that potentially was going to put you into a higher bracket. And then, and then when you are going to convert, you want to make sure you have enough money outside of the conversion to pay the taxes. So if you're going to take $100,000 out and transfer it from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, that $100,000 is going to be included as taxable income for you. Now, you won't have to pay a penalty on it, so that 10% is waived. But whatever tax bracket you're in, so how much above the 83000 number, the 83550 is that going to get you? And if you're already in a higher tax bracket, how about if it gets you above that, and it's very possible you take 100000 out, that's going to put you in the next bracket the 22 percent and then the 24 percent bracket once you get to 178,000 of taxable income now you're bumping up to 24 percent that's not so bad it's an extra two percent and then it gets even worse when you get between the 24 percent and 32 percent bracket and so forth so uh and the, and the first bracket of course is 10 percent i'd said eight earlier but i thought they changed that back to 10 anyway um it's you need to to be careful when you're pulling money out to make sure that you have enough money so you're not taking money of the conversion. So if you're going to take $100,000 out, 
and then you got to pay taxes. To, you got to pull some money out of that, not to to pay the taxes on a, on the hundred thousand. Well, then there's less money going into the Roth IRA to help accumulate tax free, and you really want to to make the Roth conversion work well and over a shorter period of time, so the break even point is sooner then you really need to make sure you pay the taxes on that Roth conversion with money that you've got already taxed. So it's it's uh, other monies that you uh, can use to help pay the taxes on that. So it can it can be um, not so not so much fun if you don't do it that way. So the, a lot of information, as you can tell, I mean, I've covered a lot already today and I'm, I'm barely scratching the surface. And the, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about some of these other things about the, the Roth. And one of the, the key items is going to be on the Roth conversion and versus a contribution. So you've got a certain set of rules, depending on whether or not it's you're talking about the actual contribution, if it's a regular contributory uh, Roth IRA, or if you're converting it, so what's the difference between the conversion money and the money that is the earnings on that? And then what? when does the five-year rule come to play? When does it not come to play? And you might be over 59 and a half. You might die, be disabled, a first home purchase, medical expenses, medical premiums, a lot of things that adjust that. But you really need to understand on the distribution. So I'll cover the distribution rules on a regular traditional IRA as well as the Roth IRA. And depending on whether you're uh, over 59 and a half, younger 59 and a half and so forth. So it can get complicated, but we'll, we'll try to make sense of it all next week. Of course, if you've got a, if you've got a question for me, you can always uh, send it question to Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com or go to talkingmoneyradio.com and click on the ask Mike a question. Both of those work to get a question. Love to hear from you and uh, answer your questions the best we can. Hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next week again for the next Talking Money. 